welcome to Tales from the Polycult, a podcast hosted by two former metas turned arch nemeses turned best friends. Yeah, though, you don't, she did act like a a petulant teen in in a lot of the UK. I didn't see a lot of that because, again, I didn't care about it back then. Like, um, as you were talking, I realized that the thing that uh that triggered me and one of the things one of the main things is it was a performance it was very obviously a performance it wasn't i am telling you the worst thing that's ever happened to me in my life kind of against my will because i don't want to be here it was a performance because like you can go back and listen to what I just, like, what, what just happened with me. Just try to talk about her. Like, I, 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 I get stuck. Like, I get emotional, and when I get emotional, I can't talk. Like, I try to shut it down so that I can keep moving forward. Like, and, and there was none of that in her testimony she was that she would seem to get as she got more emotional like she still she got more animated and she looked people in the eye like i I looked away from the screen when i was starting to get emotional and like like all i've got is a, a camera and a video screen like and i i go inward and just get real small and I don't want to be vulnerable with people let alone a a bunch of strangers a, a courtroom full of people like attorneys people that I know that don't like me like uh, the the whole world like in your yeah that's what a lot of the body language analysts that I've watched, I've watched multiple of them just trying to see if I could get multiple opinions about what we were watching. And all of them were pointing out, you know, her, how she has been watching the way people are responding to her body language. Yeah. So she studied that. And so she's trying to, that's why she keeps looking at the jury. She's trying to make sure that she's getting their approval and she's she's doing things that would incite someone believing maybe that she had trauma, but it was all at the wrong point in time. Yeah. It's all just like she's clearly doing it on purpose. And I've seen a lot of people argue the fact that they're both actors. Yes, they are actors, but movies are edited and scripted. And you are very aware of what you're doing at that time. However, when you're in a situation like being in the courtroom, you don't have a second to clean yourself up or to like fix your mannerisms like you do on a movie set there's some things that you just don't like with the way that she was um not illustrating the way that she was illustrating the assaults and the violence yeah that you Um, know how she always uh, right as an actor (laughs) yeah as an actor you're not that's not 
that's not something that you're thinking about as an actor. Mm-hmm. You're playing a different character. Yeah. It's 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 all pretend. Whereas this is a situation where you're having to describe a situation that happened to you in real life and you're pretending to be the aggressor when you're describing it. And that doesn't that that has nothing to do with acting. I mean, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um so yeah, I spent a lot of time trying to make sure I wasn't biased. Like out, out outside of the uh the panic attack, uh, I did go into watching her anything she said. Uh, I had to make sure I was in the right mindset for uh and then I switched over to to watching the trial live at that point, but um I ended up watching it with lawyers because I wanted people who watched the same one I did yeah Yeah, I think maybe you were the one that introduced me to Emily um, yes and I instantly fell in love with her uh yeah she's amazing I watched her through the whole thing because if you're just watching the trial live it just kind of it's hard to keep your attention on yeah and it's and and I I I felt like if I watched everything live, I would be more biased. Like, I wanted a person whose job was to be unbiased to check me. Like, to be like... I liked Emily so much. And the way she answered everyone's questions in between. And that I liked. Because I had a lot of questions. Yeah. Other, if I was watching it live, I'd be sitting here having to research everything. Whereas if you're just watching it with another lawyer, they can explain things that you don't even think of as a question, you know? Yeah. And there was like a lot mm-hmm. of stuff where I was just like, I'd be like, well, why aren't there exes up here? Like, why aren't they um, talking to people who have known them in this context? And like, I was wondering why Tasia didn't say anything. And then I was like, okay, well, I know this, this audio exists. Why, why isn't it being played for the jury? I've heard it. I know like it's out there. And so, but listening to it through the, like being there with the lawyers that could be like, okay, well, like some of these decisions, you're never going to know the, like actual reason behind but i my best guess is uh they probably have an agreement that like exes aren't going to be called um unless there's mention of them or and we're not going to admit any audios or videos in which it's anyone has been recorded that's not just Johnny and Amber. So if you go back, every audio is only Johnny and Amber. Like, um, and that had to have been something that both counsels and the judge agreed upon before the trial even started. Um, yeah. The reasons behind that, no one knows outside of the people that were in the room when it was agreed upon. But I had a, if I'd have just watched it without that kind of commentary, I would have been very biased because I would have been like, I know that this audio where Amber says that she hurt Johnny in Australia 
exists. So therefore, I don't understand why we're even having this conversation. Like, um, the jury never heard the audio. The jury never heard Amber admitting that she hurt Johnny and I'll show you. Um, and that was because other people were on that recording. And without that evidence, they still believe Johnny. Like, so, I don't know. I, I put a lot of effort into making sure that I just wasn't picking a side and sticking to it. Like, yeah. Even ha- even after intuitively feeling like this woman should not be left alone with other living things at any point. <laughs> like, um, in, in her current state, I mean, she could get help and get like, and understand what she's doing and, and maybe be an entirely different person some at some point, but it's, it's not right now based on what I saw. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, that was the other thing is, you know, seeing her response to it is like, it's like, she's saying what she's supposed to say. Yeah. Like really like, and like I told you when we were talking before, she is making an interesting effort to separate herself entirely from it and make it about the greater, uh, the greater picture rather than her situation. And I don't know, I would think that somebody in that situation would may like be devastated that they didn't get that they didn't get the justice that they that they felt that they deserved i would think that it would be like it would be very personal because essentially you're saying that nobody believed you yeah and so it's interesting to me that her response is so um disconnected from her personally as a person yeah i did uh see um a tiktok randomly that was from a law firm that said that uh, if johnny wanted he absolutely could sue her again for what she for her statement after the trial because she pretty much restated the information that she just lost the case over like and it absolutely shows that i mean she's not learned her lesson one but like i mean not even a legal lesson of like you can't say things this way like um but the lawyer also went on to say i don't think johnny would do it because he's proven his point like if he was if if he was doing what Amber ad- accused him of of continuingly to terror continuing to terrorize her because he's he's a malicious abuser, he'd have turned around and sued her right again as soon mm-hmm. as it went up. He'd have been like, "All right, let's go. I've still got money. You don't." Back and, to court uh, we go. <laughs> Yeah, and I saw her lawyer basically being like, she can't pay that. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, well, you, you, you should have thought about that before she tried to sue her ex-husband for a hundred million. Like, that's also like kind of like laughable. Like it's you literally, she literally doubled down. Yeah. The, <laughs> well, 
Elaine admitted in the closing that, that they just asked for that to to send a message. Like, it's just like, oh, of course, okay. Like, it was There's... a mess. Like, I posted on Facebook um, uh, a status that pretty much said that if you feel like JD won because he's rich and famous and not because he had to put the worst of him on display to prove that his abuser lied, then I don't want you in my life because there's no way you would put that part of yourself out there. You, he, he handed over all of his text messages and all of his communications. Do you know who didn't Amber? Like, she held back. She didn't uh, give everything that she was supposed to, even, I don't even know how that works, that you can just be like, um, no, like, when you're court-ordered to do something, like... Well, she claimed on the stand that she handed she handed over all of her text messages because that was one of her responses at one point to Camille was, I don't know, my lawyers, I gave it all to my lawyers. She yep. just threw her hands up and it's like, Okay, you just threw your lawyers under the bus. Cool. I mean, if if somebody can come along and and prove me wrong about that, but like Emily, like um, I, at least two of the lawyers that I was following was like, yeah, Amber didn't didn't comply like completely to um everything um, but oh, and I I want to know. And I probably never will, but I want to know why there was no forensic uh, experts that testified that her story literally could not have been medically possible. Um, I want to know why there was no experts that went over more of the photo evidence like they had a couple of people come up and talk about metadata and file names and where the photos possibly could have come from but at least two of those photos are very very obviously the same photo and then there's another photo that is Another set of photos that are very obviously the same photo. Like I know it, they they did have somebody come up there and prove that those two photos of her face were actually the same photo, and one was just more saturated than the other. That was weird because the I watched that day, like all day. I watched that with my eyes, and they could not <laughs> not with say, your mouth, not with my mouth or my ears, like or like um. <laughs> And not through, like, just uh, recaps. Like, I watched that whole day, like, from start to finish. And that expert could only say he showed a demonstrative, quote, quote, which would not go back with the jury. Like, they could watch it, but that was, like, the one time that they could see it. And then it didn't go back with them to deliberations. And they overlaid the photos to show that it was the same photo. Um, But they couldn't talk about the differences between the photo other than showing that like he couldn't say 
yeah, she just cranked up the saturation to like make it seem more like horrible than it was. Like he could I know that Camille pointed out like her every single hair yeah. on her head was in the same place, which is was, not possible. Yeah, there was something about <laughs> they couldn't talk about the color, the coloring on the photos because every time somebody went to go the cult like it would be objection and then like it would get sustained so like there was something about you couldn't talk about the editing done to the photos because every time somebody started to say something that had to do with that there was an objection well but Um, they could when they when they tried to bring up johnny's photos you saw that part right i don't know Uh, the photos where he met uh it was a group of four of them right after their oh, it was during their honeymoon said, where she socked him in the eye and he has a black eye and they mm-hmm. um amber's lawyer brought up um put two photos side by side and one of them he doesn't have a black eye and the other one he does and it's like kind of weird that the more clear one you don't have a black eye and yeah. that was something that they were like they didn't say they didn't talk directly about the editing, but it was heavily implied so that the jury could decide for themselves. I'm not sure if it's the same conversation or if it's the same part of the trial, but um, I remember that if we're remembering the same thing, what I remember, I remember it was on when they were on the train. Um, He showed a photo on the train where he said this hat this photo is from before you claimed she hit you and it you have a black eye here yeah but it was the shadow because the light was coming from the side and when you have the light coming from the side of your face your orbital bone if you have high enough cheekbones your orbital bone will cast a shadow under your eye um the only way for that to not happen in a photo is if you have a front light as well to highlight under your eye. And I know that because I'm in a band. I do photography. I get photos taken of me all the time. My husband is a very good photographer. Um, so I've learned uh, what types of light uh, cause shadows and highlights in what areas. Um But what Johnny did say, was trying to say, is if you only have, like, a harsh side light and your cheekbone, your orbital bone is high enough, it will cast a shadow under your eye. I have very dark circles under my eyes just in general, but it doesn't look like I have been punched in the eye. Like, um, I mean, sometimes if I'm hungover enough, it does, but... um, that's what he was trying to say about that photo is the lawyer was trying to say, you already had a black eye before, or it already looks right. like you have a black eye before you mm-hmm. say that she hit you. And now afterward you're saying, and then Johnny tried to explain that on, on the train with that photo with the four people, there's no way that he can have side light because there's a person. Oh, I just smacked my microphone. There's a person standing on the side of him. So that person would block that harsh side light that ca- that would cause that darkness under your eye. And that's the, what I remember about those two photos and that questioning. Um, yeah. 
I know, I know my photography mind was sitting there watching that. And then the lawyer tried to twist it and say like that, like uh, he tried to s- twist it, and misinterpret it. Like mm-hmm. it was to me, it was on purpose. It looked like it was oh, on purpose it's definitely because, on purpose. because it was like, you know what he's trying to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I know, I know what he's trying to say. You're a lawyer. You're trying to tell me you don't know yeah. what but he's I mean- saying. That goes along with how he was trying to, like, imply all of that bullshit with the the sex messages. Like, Mm -hmm. he was, like, trying to... One, he was trying to read them very literally to prove that Johnny was violent. And then, two, he was trying to pretend like they weren't sex messages. Like... And literally everyone who's ever sent or received one knew what was happening in that conversation. But he was like look right here you admitted that you've heard her before and it's like that's absolutely not not what ha- is happening that's, there. you know what <laughs> you know what this is sir don't come and on something that nobody picked up in the trial and nobody is even really talking about but i caught because i was watching emily well i i didn't catch but um people watching um the last text messages and the last uh, cross-examination that they, they tried to surprise Johnny with where they're like, look at this horrible stuff you said about this Molly girl. That was an incoming message on Johnny's phone. And they tried to say that he wrote it. And John, that that's the message where they were like, you sent this text message. And he's like, the fuck I did. And they're like, well, it came from your phone. And he was like, uh... I guess people have my phone sometime, but I have no idea what you're talking about. And he very obviously seemed like shocked and like defensive. And a lot of people were like, oh, they caught him off guard with something that he wasn't prepared. And it's like somebody caught it says incoming. Like, yeah, it's like, of course, he's defensive. He didn't actually send that. And like nobody caught it like in inside of the trial like it's just still being reported as that's a message that he wrote at some point i didn't see that because i was watching on my phone (laughs) yeah so it was it didn't even happen like i I don't even think it happened that day i think it was like the next day somebody was like hey did you notice that text message like said incoming and like they went back to the previous recording and was like oh my god it totally does like And it scares me how much a law team will admit into evidence, either A, knowing that it's false, or B, they don't even do enough research to to figure out if what they're admitting is actually what they think that it is. Like, that's, that's one thing that has kind of frightened me, like, from this case. Um, speaking about that, um, as I was watching Emily, there was this point in which, uh, Rottenborn asked Amber outright, is any evidence you've provided in this trial false or fake? And nobody objects. Amber just says it's not fake. And then after that cross or after that that 
testimony, uh, I guess the judge called Rottenborn up there and there was a thing, there was a thing that happened. Um, and I remember, I think it was maybe Ian. Cause I was, I was, I've watched Runkle of the Bailey and, uh, the DUI guy and law and lumber because they all three uh, were in the courtroom at some point to, to kind of do jury readings. Like they're all lawyers and they all made the trek to, to go be in the courtroom to see the jury reactions. Um, And one of them said that they only saw the judge get mad twice. They were talking about how professional judge Penny was and they only saw her get mad twice. And I don't remember what the one time was, but the other time was during that questioning and she called Rottenborn up and they suspect that he got reprimanded because it was so obvious that some of that evidence was, was fake. Like that, that those two photos were like the same photo and as a lawyer you're you're not allowed to just outright lie like you can sidestep stuff you can twist things but you can't outright be you can't outright ask a question that you know the answer is gonna be a lie like um so if you're like is anything in this trial fake and you know your law you're client's gonna say no and you know that it's a lie that's you're not allowed to do that like and so they suspect that the judge was like i didn't like that i did not hear it again like do not bring it up in closing um because i don't think that it was it's not not allowed like you're going to get in trouble at the trial, but it's all like, um, we all know that you just uh, led your client to commit perjury and um, everyone, it, it was like an unspoken, we know what's happening, like, but unless somebody like brings it up as a charge somewhere, like... It's just going to sit there and we're all just going to side eye you real hard. Like, but that was something that was some insight that I uh, that I got from one of the lawyers that was like in the room when it happened, like and who has enough experience to have an educated guess at what happened there. I think it's just been so obvious, the blatant disregard for the truth during all of this because like I was saying the other day with um uh what was her the female judge's name why can't I think of it uh no not judge the female lawyer Amber's female lawyer the interview yeah Elaine she was saying how um how it was all because of how it was portrayed over social media and it swayed the case. And I was like, you are outright saying the judge didn't do her job. Yeah. Like that is literally what you're saying. Judge Penny, judge Penny very obviously was gave them 
so many chances to Mm -hmm. do their jobs correctly. Mm -hmm. And she was nobody that I saw watch the trial like none of none of the lawyers and none of the body language analysts had one bad thing to say there was that one there was that one uh, witness that she asked have you seen any of this trial and she and she dismissed them and I know that the TMZ guy did say that he saw parts of it but it was only the parts that were connected to TMZ because he was being asked for input yeah, and so, uh, Morgan, both Morgans, one of Morgan Knight and Morgan Tremaine, uh, both were—I don't remember what they're called—but they were like last-minute witnesses. Like they they came forward okay. during the trial because they had information that was pertinent to testimony mm-hmm. that had been given. Um, and that's when Lane, Elaine, her whole defense towards both of those guys were, "You just want your fifteen minutes, like," and it's like, "Well, I, if that's all you got, then." Uh, I loved his response to that. I could say the same for you. And I was like, I literally was like, oh, he just went there. Wow. But so, yeah, um, both Morgans uh, both saw. The the only thing that they saw was the things that had to do with their realm of existence, like because the other Morgan ran the Hicksville place. and came in to testify that, like, the place wasn't trashed. He saw Amber being aggressive. Like, he never saw Johnny being aggressive. Like, all of that. Like, he wasn't mad about the amount of damage because it was like, shit happens. Like, and just basically undermined, like, her whole account of that night. Um like, I don't know, like, if 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 we're in this believe all women, like, situation, and, like, we're supposed to be protecting victims, and, like, that's what our current state of, of the world is, or whatever, and you just wanted your 15 minutes, why why wouldn't you come and testify against Johnny Depp? Like, why right. wouldn't you be like, oh, yeah, man, he was fucking nuts, like, fucking drunk off his ass, he destroyed mm-hmm. my property, like... God, like you, you. I feel like you'd be more famous that way, right? Like, wouldn't you like get so many more interviews and like people would be like, "Oh my God, tell me all the dirty secrets about Johnny Depp." Like, I feel like you picked the wrong team if you just want to be famous, man. Like, yeah, yeah. Yep, I agree. It was just a whole. It was. I'm. I'm glad that it's over. I really I'm am. glad that it's over. Like, um, I d- will probably, I don't know. I'm going to probably beat this drum for a little bit longer just because I get offended by people who are just making this about how Johnny's famous and people like him. And it's like, one of the things that I've been harping is anytime somebody comes at me with some it doesn't matter or it's or Johnny's just famous or blah 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 I'm like you know like because it ties into so many things that I have connections to like so many social issues it's like Johnny can be an addict and Johnny can be a successful white man and Johnny also can be a victim like none of those things are mutually exclusive like 
And it shows a lot of bias if you're just going to like harp on, oh, well, he's a violent addict. Well, you know, he's kind of not, but like also, so what if he's an addict? Like he needs help. He still has worth. Like even if he does like destroy his own shit or like hotel rooms when he's intoxicated, like that doesn't mean that he's he he doesn't deserve compassion like addiction sucks like it's not fun for anyone involved let alone the addict like and i whatever part of the story that like you latch on to to like justify why johnny's case doesn't matter i can tell what biases you have like do do you hate men um do you think that men shouldn't be vulnerable? Um, do you have a problem with addicts? Do you have a problem with famous people? Um, like Johnny can be a complex person who was a victim and none of the things that he is like justifies not caring about what happened to him. Yeah. And, and I saw there's just so many tie-ins with this case and the overall response to this case that really, you know, they reflect a lot of what we've experienced as in our poly relationships. Oh yeah. We and, have a poly podcast, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, it's just, you gotta have to look at your own bias and like, make sure you're aware of them. Go um, step into it objectively. Yeah, and we've had to learn to be objective about a lot of things, considering uh, everything that we've been through. Which is um, why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> why we're here. We learned that sometimes you have a completely different uh, perception of a person because of outside information. Especially if you already have previous bias to that anyways. And here we are at the end of episode three. We should get it all wrapped up in the next episode, episode four. We hope to see you there. Hey, thanks for listening to Tales from the Polycult. This has been Indy and Jay, and we'll see you next time.